0: Hi, this is Kyla Whetstone. Today is July 10th, and this is the Bible New Year with Maple City Chapel. The readings for today are 1 Chronicles 9 and 10, Acts 27, 21 through 44, Psalm 8, 1 through 9, and Proverbs 18, 23 and 24. 1 Chronicles 9. So all Israel was listed in the genealogical records in the book of the kings of Israel. The people of Judah were exiled to Babylon because they were unfaithful to the Lord. The first of these exiles to return to their property in their former towns were priests, Levites, temple servants, and other Israelites. Some of the people from the tribes of Judah, Benjamin, Ephraim, and Manasseh came and settled in Jerusalem. One family that returned was that of Utha, son of Amihad, son of Omri, son of Imri, son of Bani, a descendant of Perez, son of Judah. Others returned from the Shilonite clan, including Asaiah, the oldest, and his sons. From the Zarahite clan, Jaul returned with his relatives. In all, 690 families from the tribe of Judah returned. From the tribe of Benjamin came Salu, son of Meshulam, son of Hodavia, son of Hasina, Ibnia, son of Jeroham, Ella, son of Uzzah, son of Mikri, and Meshulam, son of Sheptah, son of Ruel, son of Ibnijah. These men were all leaders of clans, and they were listed in their genealogical records. In all, 956 families from the tribe of Benjamin returned. Among the priests who returned were Jediah, Jehorib, Jachin, Azariah, son of Hilkiah, son of Meshulam, son of Zadok, son of Merathio, son of Ahitub. Azariah was the chief officer of the house of God. Other returning priests were Adiah, son of Jeroham, son of Pasher, son of Malkijah, and Masai, son of Adiel, son of Jasura, son of Meshulam, son of Mishalmith, son of Immer. In all, 1,760 priests returned. They were heads of clans and very able men. They were responsible for ministering at the house of God. The Levites who returned were Shemahai, son of Hasub, son of Ascriam, son of Hasheba, a descendant of Merari, Bakbagar, Harish, Gala, Matania, son of Micah, son of Zikri, son of Asaph, Obadiah, son of Shemaiah, son of Gala, son of Jeduthun, and Barakiah, son of Asa, son of Elkanah, who lived in the area of Netopath. The gatekeepers who returned were Shalom, Akab, Talmud, Ahiman, and their relatives. Shalom was the key- chief gatekeeper. Prior to this time they were responsible for the king's gate on the east side. These men served as gatekeepers for the camps of the Levites. Shalom was the son of Kori, a descendant of Abisaph, from the clan of Korah. He and his relatives, the Korites, were responsible for guarding the entrance of the sanctuary just as their ancestors had guarded the tabernacle in the camp of the Lord. Phinehas, son of Eleazar, had been in charge of the gatekeepers in earlier times, and the Lord had been with him, and later Zechariah, son of Meshelmiah, was responsible for guarding the entrance to the tabernacle. In all, there were 212 gatekeepers in those days, and they were listed according to the genealogies in their villages. David and Samuel the seer had appointed their ancestors because they were reliable men. These gatekeepers and their descendants, by their divisions, were responsible for guarding the entrance to the house of the Lord when that house was a tent. The gatekeepers were stationed on all four sides, east, west, north, and south. Their relatives in the villages came regularly to share their duties for seven-day periods. The four chief gatekeepers, all Levites, were trusted officials, for they were responsible for the rooms and treasuries at the house of God. They would spend the night around the house of God since it was their duty to guard it and to open the gates every morning. Some of the gatekeepers were assigned to care for the various articles used in worship. They checked them in and out to avoid any loss. Others were responsible for the furnishings, the items in the sanctuary, and the supplies, such as choice flour, wine, olive oil, frankincense, and spices. But it was the priests who blended the spices. Marithea, a Levite and the oldest son of Shalom the Korite, was entrusted with baking the bread used in the offerings, and some members of the clans of Kohath were in charge of preparing the bread to be set on the table each Sabbath day. The musicians, all prominent Levites, lived at the temple— they were exempt from all other responsibilities since they were on duty at all hours. All these men lived in Jerusalem. They were the heads of Levite families and were listed as prominent leaders in their genealogical records. Jael, the father of Gibeon, lived in the town of Gibeon. His wife's name was Makah and his oldest son was named Abdon. Jael's other sons were Zer, Kish, Baal, Nir, Nadab, Gidor, Ahio, Zechariah, and Mikloth. Mikloth was the father of Shimeim. All these families lived near each other in Jerusalem. Nir was the father of Kish, Kish was the father of Saul. Saul was the father of Jonathan, Malkushiah, Abinadab, and Eshbal. Jonathan was the father of Meribal. Meribal was the father of Micah. The sons of Micah were Pithon, Melech, Tariah, and Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Jada. Jada was the father of Almath, Osmaveth, and Zimri. Zimri was the father of Moza. Moza was the father of Benaiah. Benea's son was Raphia. Raphiah's son was Eleaza. Eleza's son was Azel. Azel had six sons whose names were Azricam, Boguru, Ishmael, Sharia, Obadiah, and Hanan. These were the sons of Azel. First Chronicles 10 Now the Philistines attacked Israel, and the men of Israel fled before them. Many were slaughtered on the slopes of Mount Gilboa. The Philistines closed in on Saul and his sons, and they killed three of his sons, Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malkusia. The fighting grew very fierce around Saul, and the Philistine archers caught up with him and wounded him. Saul groaned to his armor-bearer, Take your sword and kill me before these pagan Philistines come to taunt and torture me. But his armor-bearer was afraid and would not do it. So Saul took his own sword and fell on it. When his armor bearer realized that Saul was dead, he fell on his own sword and died. So Saul and his three sons died there together, bringing his dynasty to an end. When all the Israelites in the Jezreel Valley saw that their army had fled and that Saul and his sons were dead, they abandoned their towns and fled. So the Philistines moved in and occupied their towns. The next day, when the Philistines went out to strip the dead, they found the bodies of Saul and his sons on Mount Gilboa. So they stripped off Saul's armor and cut off his head. Then they proclaimed the good news of Saul's death before their idols and to the people throughout the land of Philistia. They placed his armor in the temple of their gods, and they fastened his head to the temple of Dagon. But when everyone in Jaboth-Gilead heard about everything the Philistines had done to Saul, all their mighty warriors brought their bodies of Saul and his sons back to Jabesh. Then they buried their bones beneath the great tree at Jabesh and they fasted for seven days." So Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He failed to obey the Lord's command, and he even cons- consulted a medium instead of asking the Lord for guidance. So the Lord killed him and turned the kingdom over to David, son of Jesse. Acts twenty-seven twenty-one. No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, "'Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down.' For last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me, and he said, Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said. But we will be shipwrecked on an island. About midnight on the 14th night of the storm, as we were being driven across the Sea of Adria, the sailors sensed land was near. They dropped a weighted line and found that the water was 120 feet deep, but a little later they measured again and found it was only 90 feet deep. At this rate, they were afraid we would soon be driven against the rocks along the shore, so they threw out four anchors from the back of the ship and prayed for daylight. Then the sailors tried to abandon the ship. They lowered the lifeboat as though they were going to put out anchors from the front of the ship. But Paul said to the commanding officer and the soldiers, You will all die unless the sailors stay aboard. So the soldiers cut the ropes to the lifeboat and let it drift away. Just as the day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. You have been so worried that you haven't touched food for two weeks, he said. Please eat something now for your own good, for not a hair of your heads will perish. Then he took some bread, gave thanks to God before them all, and broke off a piece and ate it. Then everyone was encouraged and began to eat, all 276 of us who were on board. After eating, the crew lightened the ship further by throwing the cargo of wheat overboard. When morning dawned, they didn't recognize the coastline, but they saw a bay with a beach and wondered if they could get to shore by running the ship aground. So they cut off the anchors and left them in the sea. Then they lowered the rudders, raised the foresail, and headed toward shore. But they hit a shoal and ran the ship aground too soon. The bow of the ship stuck fast while the stern was repeatedly smashed by the force of the waves and began to break apart. The soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners to make sure they didn't swim ashore and escape, but the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul, so he didn't let them carry out their plan. Then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land. The others held on to planks or debris from the broken ship, so everyone escaped safely to shore. Psalms 8 O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them, human beings that you should care for them? Yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority. The flocks and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims the ocean's currents. O oh Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Proverbs 18:23 and 24. The poor plead for mercy, the rich answer with insults. There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother.